Spencer, you buy them at a store. No, no. You, I, re- I rely on the generosity and kindness of strangers. It's, it just runs into a trend of where the nicer clothing I have is the things that people recently got me. I don't remember the last time I bought clothes for myself. It has been years. I love how, Spencer, your definition of, of nice is new, a.k.a. not holy. That's, that's your criteria there. It, not it is, not is fit, it, not style. Just is it? Does it have holes? Yes, no. Okay. Again, when you're assessing your wardrobe based on whether you can remember which is the right hole for your head to go through, you've reached a different relative standard than most people operate under. That's for sure. You don't get any utility out of putting on nice clothes. Uh, well, I mean, I, mean, I already know the answer for asking, but I figured I'd just as part of conversation. I am in a job of where I have to put on nice clothes as part of official ceremony on certain occasions. So I have that, you know, feather in my hat. Okay. Beyond that, nah. Well, you're kind of like a slim guy. You don't ever think like, you know, you want to wear something like with a good cut to kind of, you know, be flattering. I mean, that, that, that I, never, never crosses have, the mind. I have tailored suits. Well, I'm talking, about when you're, I'm talking about when you're like socially, when you're just hanging out. It has never once crossed my mind. I would not even know where one would begin to get fitted like casual clothing. All right. If you ever decide, if you every day, it probably would never happen. But if you ever get a bug in your head and you decide, all right, I, I really want like a really nice casual shirt. Not like, not like going to the gym, but you know, like casual hanging out. Sure. I got a company for you, Spencer. It's called Untuck It. Untuck it? No, yeah. be, be, or not be, uh, Terry, you, 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 that's too expensive. It, yeah, uh, they're gonna be a little sticker shock. There's gonna be a little sticker shock. It's about 100 bucks a shirt, but <laughs> it will look, it will look good for your body style. When you say 100 bucks a shirt, what kind of shirt are we talking about? Because a, hun- a button, Ca- like a, a casual collared casual- button down, like casual collared button down. Yep. But it, the I, I think the fit would be perfect for your body style, Spencer. A little little slender, tall-ish, um, and don't really want to worry about matching. You're not not gonna want to be. You're not gonna want to be in some sort of ensemble where you tuck your shirt in on a social occasion. So this is gonna look as good as you get. Mindless shopping. Don't have to worry about tucking your shirt in. Belt. Don't have to worry about any of that stuff. This is one of those websites of where I've immediately been contacted by a store associate to ask for my measurements and advice about my wardrobe. Spencer, do you have a belt that is yeah, not a suit belt? <laughs> Paul's here. Um, you were not contacted by the associate, Spencer. That is, it was a bot. Like, that okay, is a bot, Levi, bot on like, the website. Come on, <laughs> come on Spencer. A, a window popped up. <laughs> <laughs> is it hot singles in your area? I mean. No, actually, I'm reading it now. It says we're not available right now. <laughs> there you go, Spencer. I'm sure you'll never. That, that, no, that, no, no, no. Maybe a 5% I, chance, but one day you might, might hit them up. I may do this just as a lark for when I see you guys next, is I will wear the one nice shirt I own and ordered for this ex- specific occasion. And we'll uh, see it every single year afterwards. I will wear and... the ever-loving shit out of that <laughs> shirt. It will be ruined by overuse. You won't even have to think about it. A lot of neutral colors in that store. Thank God. I just also imagine that Spencer transitions immediately from holy t-shirts and suits to Hawaiian shirts that can be voluminous and it just doesn't matter because that's what they're supposed to be. Bad, bad call. Bad call. Think about who you're talking to. Spencer. No Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, but that's... like Spencer at like 67. Oh, we're doing Spencer at old retired Kibbe. That's from what I'm West. saying. The, tra- the, okay. the transition. Not, Here's not, what not I love now. about when BJ plays that game. He... he 
if like, let's say, so let's say you say, I don't do it. He'll say, well, it's not really about if you do it. And then if you say, well, I would never do it. He'd say, well, then you, when you're older, are going to do it. Like <laughs> he's got a list until he gets to where somebody says you're right. Spencer. Sure. But, but this was a, the, I, anyway. What, what is the number of non-work button-ups that you own? Good question. The number of non-work button-ups, like not just collared shirt, you know, part button-up, but a full a full button-up. Are, are you are you right. calling collared shirt part polo? Button? He polo. just means a three polo. button. A polo, like a three button. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was getting there. You understand the words? <laughs> yeah, I didn't exactly. I was like, what kind of shit do they sell in Florida? I don't. I, I mean, I, I don't even know. We, um, we do know that the 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 audience for this pod is some like non-human, like sentient beings that need to have like other things described because they don't know what a polo is. So well, we got to further define our terms because I will often wear what I would view as a more relaxed or casual button up at the office or like a business casual day. Would you mean like a button up that I would wear to like court by comparison, like that, not that or different. Tell me the, the shirts, the button up collared shirts that you would wear to um, a sushi place that they will probably cost you a hundred bucks. Let's put up. Put it to the side. You're not going to spend a hundred bucks in, in, um, in an imaginary scenario that doesn't exist. Yes. And, and uh, let me put one in uh, a collar, a button up uh, shirt that cannot be worn with a suit. A button up shirt that cannot be worn with a suit. That's yeah, so important the, clarification. This is off the table for work. And, okay. and it's also just not like a nice white button up that you would wear. Yeah. Not, 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 not a nice white, not a nice blue, not, be not, not, not even a nice stripe. Sure. Um, I'll say I could double check, but just off the top of my head, probably three. Okay. That's, That's what, what I expected. expected. That's over what I would have guessed. Yeah. Now, to clarify, two of those were picked up at Goodwill. Of course. Um, Why not? Okay. And the third was a gift. Well, but, we, we know mm. you didn't buy them. Um, no, that's, of course. <laughs> that, that's clear. Um, so well, how many polos since you introduced that category? Uh, then we just, for, at that point, we're bringing up the fact that I haven't changed my wardrobe since high school. Because at high school, I had to wear polos every day as part of oh the Oh my God, coach. Spencer, you can't count 2003 polos. They're still there. They're still there. You up high school shirts? Well, this explains why wow. you guys are looking at storage space as a necessity <laughs> for your life. No, I mean, I, I, many I have been, you know, thrown out or donated over the years, but a certain number have survived. Because... So have been thrown out over the years. Is that why you're asking because? Yeah. Because they failed to meet even my standards for structural integrity. Okay. Uh, the re- I I probably own about eight, maybe six to eight polos. And I'd say that's about two, three from high school, two, three that I've gotten from my firm, and another one or two that, are, that have been gifts. Spencer, do you have more clothes from high school than after high school in your mm-hmm. wardrobe? No, it's been enough years now that those have worn out. Plus, it, he's got. A, he's is got it like a sixty forty though? No, no, no. I'd say I'd say polos is one of the most lingering ones um, in terms of having a larger percentage. For most of the rest, it's they've been gone out or thrown out just by you know overuse. You so, raise a really good point, Spencer. Polos are the canonical nerd in high school. Doesn't know how to dress. Wants to yep. look okay, um, but like doesn't want to have to think about it. Mm-hmm. Well, but it helps by a dress code for me. Right, a dress code. So for a long time, like the, uh, like when I was in middle school, we had the school that I went to. We had to wear a polo or some sort of college shirt all the time. Damn, fancy. And, and from now, in credit to Levi's point, that philosophy has continued to govern my wardrobe. Of where, where what do I wear? I'm going out someplace vaguely nice. Uh, polo, sure. Mm-hmm. 
But um, it, it, I, was right. Like the, the, the kids who didn't know anything about their parents dressed them and it <laughs> would all, they would always have a polo and it would always be a little bit too short for the arms. Mm-hmm. And then the, the collar would always be like, in like sausaged up like introverted like the it would not be a crisp collar at all. sausaged up <laughs> never heard that sausage collar before i've heard that term no, it works i, I have yeah. not uh, i've not heard but, of like, it i but... know why that like if you're not gonna press uh those collars like it's just gonna happen and if you don't have collar stays it'll happen to your like other collared shirts too well that's my um, point though like it's yeah. um but it, it but it also indicates how long they've had the shirt did you iron your collars in ever in mm-hmm. high school yeah. Hell yeah. There is n- okay. There is Are, no way Spencer did. Did I can't I imagine that Levi did. Were they of course iron? I did. Different question. Levi stays crisp on the iron game, man. Like I, I iron jeans. Like in I, high school. I, high school? Hell no. Okay. But th- yeah. This was the. I, I know. Like I wore t-shirts. I remember you ironing? Yeah, t-shirts in 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 college. I hundred percent. I mean, I went on dates and stuff where I was like going to like, I mean, it was Elizabeth city, nice restaurants, but it was at least restaurants where I was trying to like dress up. I mean, I would, I would like iron my shit and like sometimes take it to dry cleaner. I you have know. iron clothing. Probably could <laughs> probably count the number of times on definitely two one. hands, maybe one hand. I've ironed napkins that we have in this place more than that. <laughs> <laughs> Does this surprise you? Um, uh, Spencer never change. Um, but if God forbid something were to ever happen and you hit the market again, um, this would not be acceptable. Um, and I would have, we would have a very serious conversation. You, you say that it's not acceptable, excited. but at this age, having a stable job and being like a, a functional adult, like cooking regularly, I think functional like, adult, you know, the hours he keeps. So B- BJ, I, I hear what you're a saying. Different form uh, of marketing yeah. for me. I do want to be clear that like um, other than Terry and probably including Terry, all of us have some quirks. And so <laughs> yeah, Levi, probably need, including Terry, we, we need to, to be on our a game there. Like we can't just say, Hey, you know, we want the class of person who just wants a job. Like we need to, we need to get, put some effort in to make sure that they can deal with like our quirks. That, was, that comment was some, was, was BJ. That would, that was BJ tip in his hand that he has not dated in a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't. Still, but like, yeah, having a nice job. None of us, none of us have. I mean, That's none good. of us have. But like in, in my mid twenties, I dated a lot. And well, we all did. But you, st- you still got to dress, Spencer. Like we, we're gonna. But, yeah, Spencer fair. ever hits the market again. I'm going down to Florida. I'm gonna become like a high school girl. I'm gonna give you a makeover. Absolutely. Question: All of us have not been in a relationship or current relationships for more than five years, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're all going on ten years at this point, right? Not all of us, but I mean, some of us. When not, you say going years. on 10 years, no. no. not 10 years for me. Bridget and I have been together for 11 years now. I mean, Lee, you and Sam, uh, Levi, you and Sam have been together for 10 years, right? No. Uh, no. Um, 10 years. I mean, they're not next together year. now, so it's fine. <laughs> 2012. 2012. And, you know, Bree, Sarah, they've been in the picture for quite a long time, too. We all have been out of the dating game for a very long time. So it's not like I'm alone and unique and being utter, would be utterly inept in that world. I'm a much more extreme example. I'm not yeah. saying that, that, I, that I know everything about the dating world. I do know how to dress you. Yes, that is. At least going. like better than what it is now. So a lot that's of black. I'm all I'm saying is the bare <laughs> minimum. I would uh, I'd have you dressed out in Spencer black. Spencer would be in an Adidas tracksuit after have you, you dress him up you, with like some, some brand new uh, looking uh, like a sex. Russian looking like a Russian mobster. 
Yeah, well, what does that say? Not as I we'll, do. We'll have to work on your uh, ankle mobility so you can get that <laughs> that slav squat down just just right. I I think it's a very fair point, Terry. That if if you know, God forbid that ever happens, we're definitely gonna have to do queer eye for the straight guy with Spencer and just like revamp his life and I just like just clean out the house. To teach how to cook something other than the waffles. Like waffles are endearing, um, but like yeah, he knows how no to cook more, pancakes. He no he regularly cooks stews and soups. At like, come on now. I can cook. I just don't because I don't feel the need to do it. For Bridget is not in the mood. She doesn't really care. Care. She just wants bulk food so we can eat. So we go back to work. And for myself, I don't usually feel the need. But I can cook. It wouldn't be see. So like so many things, I don't think it would be what you're capable of. It would be what you focus on. Sure. Now, my assumption is that Bridget and I would break up. I would just immediately transition to like a 75-year-old widower, just do that kind of old recluse thing. Pretty much where I assume my mindset would just kind of go. That's probably true. But that's what we're concerned yeah. about. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what we're concerned, concerned about. about. <laughs> we're going to like do our best to make sure that it Hard to keep happen. me out of it. It's <laughs> funny. Um, you see me again, my, my, I'm wearing pants that just go right up to my nipples. Just oh, absolutely. Um, like yeah. yeah, I don't know. Uh, we have a we have a different topic that we were intending to discuss today, uh, which I could introduce. We want we want to talk about it a little bit. Do it. Well, as part of this regular program we've now started, we like to do a shared experience, which is focused primarily on the subject of something that one of us likes or participates in far more than the others. Maybe even one that the other ones have never really experienced before. This time around, we kind of discovered that I, at least to a relative degree, view ice cream cake as a bit of a holy sacrament. I mean. It's to the point I'm pretty sure I hear Bridget mumble the body of Christ whenever she bites in for the first time, or at least relative compared to you guys. Don't and, you Jesus. Uh, I didn't realize until we, I recommended this to what degree that was until BJ said that the amount of ice cream cakes that I have in a year is more than you have had in your entire life. Where I said probably yep. five, six. And BJ, how many had you thought you'd had in your life before I, you know, sent one for you guys to pick up? I don't know, maybe four, five, like it. It's not something that I keep track of, but like it's not something I know it's not something I have at all regularly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, right it, around it, that number, too. Yeah. yeah. Le- Levi, do you have a guess by comparison? Mm, probably double that, probably probably around 10 or so. I mean, it, sure. it, it, it's like having, you know, bites at like um, friends, kids, parties, right? Like, right. like, yeah. like that sort of thing. So I, yeah. I think be, being um, expansive of that definition, let's put it put it around 10. Okay. We, and, we have and, and, really changed that that age that we're at. It's no longer at like friends' birthday parties a while ago. It's like, you know, well, it's, yeah, friends' kids. Yeah. Uh, by comparison, if you guys had to guess how many you've ordered specifically for yourself to have an ice cream cake in your home? Well, that's easy. Zero. <laughs> there we go. So we've, 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 we've explored a new scenario here. And just to give you guys a bit of a window into how important ice cream cakes are for Bridget and I, one of the earliest moments in our relationship was we got together and like a month later was Bridget's birthday. I have a distinct memory of this being in the winter in Charlottesville, Virginia, in the mountains of Virginia, of me walking uphill a mile from the Harris Teeter as snow was pouring down on me carrying an ice cream cake. <laughs> she wanted one, and I was damn well going to bring one to her. Um, one cake we've become especially fond of, just because it's easy to get and you get to custom tailor it, is Ben & Jerry's. Uh, if you've never gone to their website before, you can, from the basically the studs, tailor that cake to your particular desires, including not only the ice cream, but the fillings, the frosting, the colors... All of it. It's a wonderful system. So I decided for this round of shared experiences that I would prepare uh, as close as I could to identical cakes for pickup for my, you know, co-worker, for my co-participants on this podcast. And, ar- and we have a very special date that, that just passed that, that also 
deserved uh, cake recognition. This, Absolutely. This was, this was inspired by Levi's birthday, and I thought that... Mm, on Valentine's Day. Don't you think it was Valentine's Day, not my birthday? It was your was birthday. It mix, it was a mix between the two. <laughs> I, the, cake, the cakes do say happy birthday, so, so I think I got that in, my, that in my quiver. Yeah, but that's like arbitrary string you can put down on the cake. It, that, that isn't... There's no validation of that. So it, it was celebrate. definitely Valentine's Day. We don't Day. celebrate Valentine's Day. We celebrate Levi's birthday in our house. So yeah, I, I have a romantic dinner with my significant other to celebrate Levi's birthday. <laughs> and no <laughs> other reason whatsoever. For sure. So I, I did the best I could to design these cakes somewhere. I discovered that Ben and Jerry's shops do not offer the same things and can vary remarkably in what they do offer when it comes to size or even ice cream flavors. But got relatively close. Ordered two medium ice cream cakes for... Um, my respective friends and their significant others. And guys, what did you end up getting? Uh, I think ice cream cake from Ben and Jerry's. Can you, uh, can you, amusingly can you, can you, enough, a little, little there, more detail. There isn't a uh, ice cream, like essentially a chain ice cream store in Durham. Uh, and Ben and Jerry's only exists at sort of the other end of Chapel Hill. So, so <laughs> amusingly, Terry went out in terrible weather to get to get this cake like what is it half an hour away 45 minutes yeah, it was about yeah about 30 minutes away to downtown chapel hill found parking walked in the rain got there gonna shock everyone here no one in the store one one person working one cake in the freezer the freezer was out front so i could see the freezer where they keep these things one cake it says for spencer she knew exactly where it was and we had like chocolate ice cream and i think cookie dough ice cream mm-hmm with cookie dough bits, brownie bits, and some fudge, if I remember correctly. That I think mm-hmm. that's close to the order. Um, I'm on a diet right now. I had one bite. I will say this, though, that the one bite was delicious. It was extremely good. And it, I put it in my... I've not... When when Spencer asked the question earlier, how many ice cream cakes you've made, you made, gotten for yourself, I, I put up the zero. I've had zero that I purchased for myself. But it is on the list of things of when the diet's over... I'm getting that again. Uh, probably a smaller one, maybe, maybe not sure. the full eight inch cake, <laughs> but, but I'm going to get at least some version of that ice cream cake for me. Cause that was, that was good. Which and, is also, uh, go ahead, BJ. I was going to say, it's kind of interesting because in just ice cream, like th- there was, you know, a period of time that, that you were after some, you know, unique and interesting ice creams, but like, I just, I don't know what it is about the cake part that just seems like just that next level um because pretty much it's just it's mostly just shaped ice cream i think it's just the um don't they have the little um crunchies in it mm-hmm. cr- there was crunchies are big for me yeah. so you guys raised the key point um crunchies are the integral part of an ice cream cake um if you just have ice cream you just have ice cream fair enough put that crap in a bowl and call it a day um putting some 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 middle layer between between the 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 various ice cream types um and ideally on the outside maybe even as a crust on the bottom get a little crunchy in there that's that's what takes it to the next level right because that otherwise you're just eating ice cream which is pleasant enough but there's nothing special about that compared to to an ice cream right. cake mm-hmm. so we have a positive review from lee and lee you actually had it with uh, three other people so that's part of the reason i sent you a big cake so i figured you had a bit of a group yeah for sure yeah yep. bj and Bree were over here as well yep so we all went there. Um, I, I must say that I enjoyed the cookie dough a lot more than I expected because I'm not so much a fan of chocolate. And I, there was, it was like a chocolate chip cookie dough and chocolate. And I was just like, all right, well, I might taste this and be like, all right, that was perfectly fine ice cream, but I'm pretty much out on it. But I did quite enjoy the cookie dough. Um, uh, my girlfriend, Bree, was a little uh, disconcerted when... 
like 90% of the chocolate side part of my slice just sort of appeared on her plate while she wasn't really <laughs> looking. And I was just like, I, but I, I already finished my piece. Like, why, why is this happening to me? Um, but, but it was a lot of fun. Um, also to that point, which we'll, we'll, I'd like to return to after uh, Levi describes his experience and maybe you, Spencer. Uh, apparently, Terry, you and Sarah had a completely bass back uh, ass backwards, backwards. Yeah, ass backwards evening, uh, starting with that that ice cream cake, which I thought was very funny. Um, but yeah, Levi. So, um, I mean, I think Terry is as as uh, exhaustively described um, the the experience there. Right? It's it's, it's ice cream cake. Uh, not a lot of complexity there. You do raise a very good point there, BJ. Um, chocolate ice cream. What are people's opinions? I'm I'm with you, you BJ. I don't I don't see the point. Like it's 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 so often just like yeah. Whereas like vanilla just to me is is such a superior flavor. Now cookie dough and, and things with with ingredients can can change that equation. But um, Terry, chocolate ice cream. Interesting. Yeah, we're on the different sides of this fence. I, I like a chocolate ice cream better than a vanilla. I like vanilla too. I'm, I'm not like, I don't have a problem with vanilla, but um, if I have a choice, I typically take chocolate ice cream. And my thought is kind of the same logic that you just used to say you didn't like it, which is that I, there's pretty much always a baseline for what chocolate ice cream tastes like. Like it's kind of, and kind of what people say about vanilla too. Like, well, they, they like, well, vanilla pretty much know what they're getting. Like with chip, for me, it's like, I like chocolate, I like the flavor of chocolate. So with chocolate ice cream, I pretty much know what I'm getting. Um, so if it's a store where um, I'm not sure of like weird flavors, like mm -hmm. there's a ice cream, uh, like a local ice cream place in downtown um, Cary. And first time I went there, they have like kind of off the wall flavors, like tutti frutti and, you know, things like that, like where I, they put names to it and I don't really know what it means. Mm -hmm. um, so I went chocolate just to establish a baseline to see how good the store was. Um, so yeah, I'm a chocolate ice cream. Man. Spencer. Uh, I have changed over time i was originally a m much more fond of chocolate when i was younger uh and i've since become much more fond of vanilla in part because vanilla just offers a lot more options about things you can put in it or do with it that if you're getting chocolate for me you're just getting chocolate it's not as much fun if you add other things to it with vanilla it becomes a platform to just any variety of experimentation in terms of putting in fruits putting in other little chocolates putting in all kinds of other additional ingredients so it Vanilla is a great way of then jumping into different kinds of ice cream um, that you can just mix well with it. So I, I, I prefer a vanilla as a base and I like to mix things. So vanilla for me. As a chocolate ice cream guy, I will, I will agree with Spencer there. If I'm doing toppings, I, I probably am going to, unless it's like just like cookie dough or something, like one basic sure. chocolatey topping. But if it's like a, a mix of toppings, I'm definitely going to do a vanilla. That's true. What, what do your yeah. toppings go to? Because I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think this won't come as much of a surprise that the number of times that, that I'll actually get ice cream are fairly minimal. Um, unless there's something like interesting about it. Uh, I more gravitate to like when you were talking about getting uh, ice cream or ice cream cake or anything like that. I was, I was just thinking like the number of times that I've actually ordered dessert anytime or like bought a dessert in specific is, is probably on, on the very low end unless like, Again, there's something interesting about it. Like I haven't had it before I try it. Um, and I've often gone, like I'll usually go for uh, a frozen yogurt rather than uh, an ice cream. Like I just, I don't like the uh, the cloying or, or, or feeling of, of milk products so often after you have them. Like that, mm -hmm. the sort of sticks to, to the inside of your mouth. Yogurt's a milk product. 
it's the higher fat milk products that, that anyway, <laughs> no, don't anyway, give the specificity. Like, I mean, I, I, <laughs> okay. I, so, I don't really so, understand. So, so higher fat milk products will, uh, basically coat the inside of your mouth, uh, whereas lower fat or, uh, products, usually frozen yogurt uses, has a, a lower fat content. And, and so like it, it washes out better, I guess is, is the best way I can describe it. Okay. Um, anyway, uh, so like tried, I, I like trying different flavors there, but again, you know, Spencer, I feel like you're the one of the go-to people on this. Like, what are the toppings that you should get with, you know, a good vanilla ice cream. Well, one thing I would note as well is that for at least for me, I've had varying qualities of chocolate, but vanilla, it seems that my mind has the most extreme range of there is some real shit vanilla and there is incredibly really good vanilla. Uh, it seems like there's a wider range of options when it comes to there. Mm -hmm. but we're talking about good vanillas. I I love that for a variety of things available. I mean, if I'm looking at my fridge right now, beyond display, you know, like your chocolate syrups and your whipped creams, we like to have <clears throat> uh, fresh berries, uh, sliced strawberries, Maybe some caramel topping, a little bit of little a little bit of uh, little miniature chocolates or bigger chocolates, uh, some crumbled chocolates, some crumbled cookies. Um, you, yeah. you, can you can bring in things like some little mints, which are lo lovely too. You can mix into other ice cream flavors, do turn combinations along those lines. You can uh, make fresh brownies and put some put some a uh, nice scoop of uh, vanilla on top of that, particularly when the brownie is still warm. The vanilla kind of melts into a certain degree. Uh, I mean, the limit is your imagination, BJ. Anything that you find tasty, use vanilla as a, as, a, as a wonderful way of enhancing those flavors. I've got a follow-up. When you're, are you doing that at home primarily? And let's, let's say like pre-pandemic, or is there like, do you like go to like Cold Stone? I use Cold Stone as an example because they, they're known for like integrating topics, toppings really well. So like, do you, do you go to a store to get your ice cream with toppings when you're going to like do it up or is that an at-home thing for you guys we prefer it as an at-home thing it can be a fun thing to do just have those available or even spend time making those things to then combine together and if anything they often taste fresh fresher better and are ultimately cheaper in terms of going out and having somebody else do it gotcha so what have i've you... learned um so far spencer is that um while something like terry's love language may be um acts of service or receiving gifts um, yours is ice cream because you just <laughs> wax poetic about ice cream to a degree that, that I find to be absolutely amazing. Um, it was pretty, it was pretty legit. That's pretty intense. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I, I, I'm impressed with that because I'm, I'm with you, BJ, that I, I, I tend to, if I'm going to get some, some dessert, like in the ice creamy realm, um, frozen yogurt, and then throwing some toppings in there. Gotta love a good, a good gummy bear there, put it in there, get frozen. Then it's chewy and it's great. Ooh, um, that's, that's clutch. That's my move. I just, I, 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 I've not thought of ice cream in that same way that you have Spencer. Uh, it, it just isn't a thing. Um, oh, you could have uh, frozen some gummy bears for your ice cream cake. I'm pretty sure you still have some. Uh, yes, there, there are, <laughs> our gummy bears tucked away, BJ. <laughs> good call. We, we often talk about how Bridget I like, like to go, you know, do extreme things like, you know, scuba diving or hand. I thought you were about to say things, get but... burgers in it. But that was actually one of the, I was going to offer that as an example is that in terms of just like, you know, us spending time together as a couple of our own little romantic moments, some of the ones we treasure most is when we're either we're having a nice meal together or when we're making, particularly when we're making food together. There's little quiet moments when it's just us, the two of us at home, making brownies, standing next to each other at the uh, little island where we make everything together and just putting together our ice cream sundaes that we then can cuddle on the couch and watch a little special together. Those are the romantics. Those are the moments of romantic play. Mm. I also yes. desperately want to know if 
most of your brownie making is for ice cream topping? Uh, overwhelmingly, because Bridget does not like brownies by themselves as much as I do. How often do you make brownies? Uh, I buy Costco brownie sets, if that answers your question. That, I'm going to say this, though. Right? <laughs> this is insane to me. You make brownies more. You, you've probably ma- made more brownies in the past year than I have ever made. And don't actually eat brownies for brownies. No, I do. I do. I like brownies. Okay. I like brownies. Bridget does. But no, for me, that's just part of childhood of where so much of my earliest memories are my dad making big sheets of chocolate chip cookies or big sheets of brownies and finding unique things to mix in. Like he'd love to mix like a cream cheese into a, into a middle layer of nice. brownies to make yeah. a wonderful combination. So for me, that's that is almost my foundational understanding of cooking is various mm-hmm. dessert concoctions because my dad would love to make those. And waking up at like age five and wandering in the kitchen to the smell of chocolate chip cookies wafting freshly throughout the house is something that's always going to stay with me. It's something I love to replicate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll say this about brownies. This is my take on brownies is that more so than just about any other type of food that I can think of the difference between homemade from scratch brownies and from the just box, just add in the egg and the oil and mix it all up and make it is very slight. Like right out of the right I'm out of the it. box is just about as good as homemade. And I've had some I've had some like homemade, like from nice bakery like brownies. And I thought to myself, like, this doesn't necessarily beat like a Ghirardelli box brownie. I mean, I'm actually- to be fair, the box brownie is the dry ingredients and, and you're adding the other fresh ingredients. Like there isn't a lot of other play if you're just trying to get the ratios right. But I'm right there with you in terms of like going to a store and buying like, you know, their designer brownies or whatever else, or particularly something you get from like the grocery store or whatever else. The comparison between that and what you make at home is minimal. I mean, yeah. if anything, I often find the faffery that goes into these designer brownies distracting from what I actually want. And think of the, the it's so different with cookies, right? Like mm-hmm. when people are sure. making cookies from scratch, um, and maybe this gets to your point, BJ, like there's, there's, there's just bigger, there's like, um, like wider guardrails for how you play around with the recipe. But if somebody's like, I made my grandma's world famous cookies from scratch. I'm like, I'm, I'm in for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I made my, my family at home brownie recipe. I'm like, pretty sure I could just do, just do a box version of that in 30 <laughs> minutes. It'd be just as good. So I think there's one dessert for me that like the more artisanal it is, the worse it is and like i've it and it's never gone the other way which is rice crispy treats like i've never had a, a like a rice crispy treat that was like you know we made the marshmallow from scratch or like you know puff right whatever it was that was better than just a taking rice crispy treats butter and and like store-bought yeah. crappy mm-hmm. marshmallows mm-hmm. and just put those together for sure agree with you <laughs> There's a dessert I haven't had in years. I same boat. I do not remember the last time I had a Rice Krispie treat, despite the fact they were big in my childhood. But it's, it's been like a twenty year gap. Starbucks sells them, and they they claim to like do like it's like their like their own recipe type thing. Like they, mm-hmm. they don't certainly don't brand it with like the Kellogg's Rice Krispies, right? Right. Not it it, it it's either not as good or as good. That right. that's my take. It it's, certainly is not better. It's a lot of advertising to justify, you know, five, five, ten times the price price point. Oh yeah, they're way expensive, um, and that, that yeah, it's criminal. It's like four bucks for like a bar of those well, things. But Levi, just to ask, I mean, uh, originally gotten some complaints from Sam about the sheer size of the ice cream cake I sent your way. Did you two ultimately enjoy it? Absolutely. 
Um, no, it's delicious. Um, I think we're both on the same page, Sam and I, in, in, in terms of liking uh, vanilla more. So, so the upper layer um, is a superior layer, but but you can mix them together and, and sort of get the best of both worlds and sort of make your own little swirl, mm-hmm. um, swirl ice cream. Um, we both enjoyed it. Um, it's going to be a hard journey to eat it, to be honest. Um, like, <laughs> like we've, I think we've had too much ice cream over the past few days um, and we're only halfway through. Um, so, um, this is going to be a long tail of, of, of giving, but luckily it stores fairly well. So, so I think we're, I think we're in a good place. Um, I'm curious, uh, so Spencer, your answer is obviously ice cream. Um, you, you, I think you've got a half chub from your, your, your waxing poetic about ice cream earlier. Um, but with BJ and Terry, what are your favorite dessert? Like if you had to classify a, a broad category of desserts, what is the one that like, yeah, I'm going to go for that. Now, ice BJ, cream. I know your default is probably not not much, um, but I'm curious. Taking your life in your hands, Terry. Oh, it's just my cat. She's a sweetheart. <laughs> I know she is a sweetheart, just like just like Levi. What's your favorite dessert, BJ? Um, if you say some like Asian cake thing that nobody knows about, I'm I'm gonna be upset with you. Say yeah, something everybody knows. So, um, like that that's where I was leaning. Like like a normal baked dessert, um, because my my initial thought was i really like um sticky rice and mango that is like one of my favorite just it's a really pleasant dessert but like that's not a that's not the desserts that we're talking about and i get that i'll i'll count that i mean if you want to give me give me another one i i want to know like what do you see on the menu and and you're you're a nice restaurant you're having a nice night out um you 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 you've probably eaten a little bit too much to this point yeah um and you see something on the dessert menu you go well, I can make an exception for this. So, so there are two things. One is a uh, like a restaurant thing, and then one is just uh, like pretty much always like a, a home baked, and and maybe some restaurants. But uh, the the dessert that I will pretty much always go for, except at re- like many restaurants, is lemon bars. I love a good lemon hmm. bar. Like just like I'll I'll eat way too many. Yeah, um, for sure. are great. That and so for home stuff, like it, I'd I would I have hard times choosing between that and put a uh, good pecan pie or even bad pecan pie. It doesn't matter. It's just pecan pie. Um, at restaurants, creme brulee. That that is the like I pretty much always enjoy it. And if it's just straight up plain normal creme brulee, like once they once it's like you know we did something else to the custard and and something else to the the crackling i'm i'm out almost immediately um just you know a straight up french custard sugar on top interesting i like I like your breakdown though of of, of restaurant versus home home yeah, baked stuff good, um sure terry what are yours mine's the kind of the same um uh fruit pies um, I like, I like fruit pie. I like fruit in my dessert. Um, if I, at home out in a restaurant, I mean, you know, out in the restaurant, you get weird variations, right? You might like get like a gratin or you might get like, you know, a, like, a, like in a handheld like version, but any, I mean, if it's dough and, um, and, and fruit and, you know, something, you know, in a filling type way, uh, that, uh, that fruit pie situation is, is my favorite. And I would say that my favorite it's probably apple pie, as, as basic as that is. But one B, if if not one A, depending on the day, is rhubarb. I love rhubarb pie, and I guess it's my southern coming out at me. But man, a good rhubarb pie is hard to beat. I will I will have 
bad rhubarb things because I like rhubarb enough that it's it makes it okay. Like, oh, there are so many things that are like strawberry rhubarb and like there isn't there there almost isn't enough rhubarb to justify that they've put that in. But like that little bit of like tart and, yep. and fresh, just really good. Yeah. Rhubarb is good. It, it might be like, aside from apple pie, my, my list might be some sort of like inversely proportional to like the acidity of the base ingredient. Right. Cause um, mm-hmm. rhubarb is up there, but then like um, raspberry blueberry is way up there. Cherries way up there for me. Strawberry is a little bit lower. Um yeah. Anyway, that's, that's my um, So for me, if we're going pie at a restaurant, lemon and meringue is where mm. where I where I hit. Good call. Um, as a like all all pretty much all the other things that you mentioned for me are like if I'm out at a restaurant, I don't really want it. But if somebody made it, a hundred percent. I say out at a restaurant. I, I, fruit pies are still my favorite, but the thing that mm-hmm. would maybe jump off the menu to me to think to order because it's a restaurant and I don't have it that often is if I'm at a restaurant and I really trust the key lime pie. Like if I think, I think that it's going to be like actually made from fresh limes and like, it's the, it's legit. If, 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 if that's, if I've vetted the place and I think that they're, they're pretty quality, I'll yeah. probably take a flyer on a key lime pie. It's interesting for me under the criteria that you guys just said, ice cream actually wouldn't win for either category for me. <laughs> um, Interesting. On subject of pies, you'd almost have to make a bad. You'd almost have to intentionally make a bad pecan pie for me not to enjoy it. I mean, yeah, that's it, fair. I mean, you would have to work to get me to not enjoy the pecan pie you'd offer. But for either you know home comfort or restaurant, ice cream wouldn't be in the top. I mean, for restaurant, I'm not going to order ice cream there because I can make it better at home anyway. So what would be sure. the point? It's something I already have. Anyway. I mean, unless you're at a place, right. Can we all agree that if you're at a place where like they do their own and it's like a big, like, cause some places like they, they, it's not just ice cream on the menu, right. They have like some whole story about like, it's made with some like milk from some local dairy or something. Sure. I usually give that a shot. I still wouldn't just because I'd still assign it to a category I'm already familiar with. Typically when we're going out to a restaurant, we love to just share like a dessert for the table, you know, like several spoons, whatever else. And we intentionally will try to get something that we wouldn't normally get or something we're not familiar with, because that's just part of the fun of a new experience. Huh. Hmm. So I often, I very rarely at a restaurant, pick something that I find knowing I'd either I know something about or find identifiable, just because I'm at a restaurant, this is the opportunity to explore something entirely different than I'm otherwise even find comfortable. And even if it's not something that's my taste, it's still unique and fun. But favorite dessert, honestly, you know, home comfort or otherwise, a really good chocolate chip cookie. If you just get a really good warm chocolate chip cookie put in front of me, I will eat those by the dozen happily. That's I mean, you can't argue with that. I mean, it's it's basic. I mean, I said apple pie, so I'm not throwing stones, but I I you can't argue with that. Um, good. So Spencer, you say you brought up a point about intentionally making a bad pecan pie, and I know that uh, there are people that will hate me for this, but putting chocolate in a pecan pie ruins it for me. Just no. like straight up, like as, as soon as there's any sort of mention of chocolate, any chocolate anywhere near that pie is just like, all right, I'm done. Like I, I had it a couple of times because I thought the pecans would win out and it just completely ruins it for me. I don't know about ruins it. I, I, I do prefer a regular pecan pie. And I do think that we have, we have transitioned as a brunch culture to, I need to make, I need to stick like, bourbon and chocolate and morsels and all this crap and pecan pie. And I, I feel like a lot of places you go to, 
you don't even get the pecan offer anymore. You can't even get like a, just a straight up pecan pie. Cause they, they default to making it like a chocolate bourbon yeah. pecan pie. That, that to, seems to be on more menus than not. To that point. Um, my love for bacon does not go unmentioned, but like if there's bacon added to pretty much anything, I won't get it anymore. Cause I, I hate that. That's just like a through flavor at, so many just like brunch places or whatever. And just like, and we added bacon bits and it's like, all right, well, it didn't need to be here. It, it's, yeah. it's a, um, eggs Benedict. Why, why, why are you adding bacon bits? It has like Canadian bacon. It's supposed to have like Canadian bacon, but you, you don't need to add all the bacon everywhere that just puts a different, anyway. It, I'm with it, you. I'm done. I'm it, over the bacon thing. It's such a trend now, particularly for like brunch places, like you said, where this is our new spin we're doing on a classic dish. And there's almost never been a situation where I liked their new spin better than I just liked the classic dish. Yeah, it's like they're, they're trying they're, they're trying to do it to stand out. They're trying to be unique because they're advertised by we're, you know, inventive. We're exploring whole new flavor combinations. And I'm really much sticking to, you know, brevity is the soul of wit kind of thing when it comes to food. I'm, if I'm ordering something, I'm expecting a certain flavor typically, or if I'm not, I'm ordering something that's particularly unique, but that's fine. So you, you category, but so often when they're doing these unique spins, they're exploring different flavors that directly contrast with what the dish is supposed to be. It's yeah. like, I'm not, I'm no longer ordering, you know, a nice roasted asparagus. Now I'm ordering roasted asparagus with bacon and the bacon's overpowering everything else you've offered. Yeah. Well, Spencer, you are a big diner guy. So I think <laughs> we're, we're going to, we're, we're going to understand where you're coming from with that, which is that That's you want the, you want that classic, you want just the thing and no, uh, no frivolous, uh, uh, like add ons. There's no, no fusion. What are we fusing? Yeah. I'm not uh, paying that extra dollar 50 for, for butter on my toast. No, avocado is it all 50 toast. more no no chance <laughs> how how many decades has it been on the menu only 20 years hasn't been vetted enough i'm not comfortable <laughs> with it leva what's your favorite dessert um so following bj in 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 your your frame which i, I like a lot um at a restaurant i'm really partial to a cheesecake Oh, good cheesecake! i, well. I can like, fuck with the cheesecake and oh. and now that you're making me think of this um refactory cafe in durham north carolina shout out they've got a delicious greek yogurt cheesecake um which mm. is absolutely delicious it's got that sort of tanginess of greek yogurt there with a little bit of sweetness because you know i i'm i'm in in both you guys' wheelhouse of, of liking a little bit of a little bit of sourness or a little bit of bitterness there with it right so so lemon bar is good good call out um the more the more bittery um fruits as opposed to the overly sweet strawberry fruits um, so cheesecake's my go-to. Um, and the, pro- the problem there is that it can, can be a little bit too overpowering, right? It's just this one congealed mass of like full-on sugar together. Um, so you got to be careful there. I sort of use, Terry, your frame of, of can I vet out whether or not you're going to take this seriously or whether this is going to be Cheesecake Factory stuff? Um, it's one of those things where there's, there seem to be a lot of things that are done to distract from the cheesecake part of cheesecake, where there's a lot of people that focus on a crust or a lot of people that focus on the toppings. Where do you fall on that? Do you like a certain amount of like a fruit topping or a fruit clays, or do you like a, a large yeah. crust attached to it? Uh, I mean, delicate crust, um, not 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 a massive one. I, I, I don't want a lot of thickness there, but it is nice to have a little crust there. And the mm-hmm. fruits, I'm a sucker, man. Base, basic but i can i can i can fuck with some fruit a fruit glaze on on top of a cheesecake again cheesecake is at the center of it though if this is cheesecake factory oh, yeah. level cheesecake that's just like a, a mold with a little bit of like glazed cherries on top eh. but it's so, probably, so i agree with everything levi just said. So, to, so to those points i think it if it's a syrup 
I think it's the worst, like one of the worst additions that you can make to a cheesecake because then it just takes something that's probably already heavy and makes it heavier, but Mm -hmm. like a good, you know, reduction or whatever else where, you know, it's a little bit, again, tart. But don't, don't, all my cheesecake, don't do the chocolate fudge. That's, that's off the table completely. The fruit I do mess with though. Yeah, for sure. At home, oatmeal raisin cookies. Oatmeal raisin is a jam. Oatmeal raisin is, is, you know, your love language, Spencer is, is ice cream. Mine is oatmeal raisin cookies. Those, those are like the perfect thing. Is is the reason that you like the, uh, the oatmeal is because it's basically breakfast oatmeal raisin cookies. Uh, I am not in a position to analyze myself at that level. Um, I don't, I don't know if I believe that's even possible, but what I will say is I like oatmeal. Um, I like brown sugar, uh, and I like raisins. And so if you combine those, uh, I'm, I'm game. I'm, I'm going to keep an open mind and, and, and enthusiastically dig in, uh, whether it's in a cookie form or whether it's in traditional, it, it's in a bowl. Um, I'm, I'm okay with that combination. And I, I fully respect I fully respect your life choices. I have a very different view on the basis. I don't like oatmeal. I don't like brown sugar and I don't like raisins. And between those three, it is a heinous combination. You don't like brown sugar. (laughs) No, I don't particularly like brown sugar. I feel you got to like something with brown. I mean, brown sugar is a lot of shit. You can mix it in a lot of shit, but the more that I realize that it's there, the more that is on the surface, the less I enjoy the thing. Interesting. And you don't like oatmeal at all? The reaction that a 90 year old evangelical. So the re- reaction that a 90 year old evangelical has towards, towards homosexuality is the reaction I have to you, which is just like, <laughs> yeah, I don't like any of this. Like what is wrong with you? Well, Spencer, it's I good to know that you have sugar racism. <laughs> it's not the color to discover this. I just didn't know. I didn't know people could actually actively like in adulthood, actively dislike <laughs> yeah. adult raisin cookies. All right. How do you feel cookies. about, I still view it as a foul trick where I walk up to a tray and if I'm just not paying enough attention and think it's a chocolate chip cookie and bite into that, my day has been worsened. Interesting. How wow. do you feel about maple sugar uh, candy? I don't, I don't think I've ever had maple sugar candy. Oh my God. What? <laughs> I truly don't think I've ever had it. I guess it's north enough that that maybe you would have never had it. But like, Sam I was on like him right now. Your love for uh, maples, like syrup on pancakes and other sweet things, just surprises me. Interesting. Maple oh. sugar candies to Spencer. No, I got enough food. I've got I've got a massive freaking cake to bridge and everything through right now. Six pounds. No, we don't have the storage space. Tiny Florida house. You don't have to freeze uh, this. You can. It, it, Put on a shelf. One thing I'm, this is probably at least in part due to weather and also Florida being Florida, but I'm, I find it remarkable just how different of an experience of picking up the cake was for me compared to y'all. I mean, a significant portion of that is driven by the fact that Florida was 83 when I was picking up the cake, <laughs> which I don't think any of y'all are close to that right now. Uh, about half. Yeah, yeah. And believe how you're below freezing, I believe you said. If you add the eight and the three, you start, start to get in the ballpark. <laughs> <laughs> um. When I went out, we picked up the cake. The closest Ben Jerry's to us is on the beach on Ocean Boulevard. So we had, had to park nearby and I, I walked over to it. And, you know, there's a bit of a pandemic on, which apparently Floridians don't give a shit about because there were just hundreds of people filling the streets in standing room only watching live shows. As I was trying to find my way through to get to this Ben and Jerry shop. Eesh. Ben and Jerry shop was so full that for their mask only policy, the fact that nobody out there was wearing a mask, they just had, they were just handing people napkins at the door so they could temporarily cover their mouths while they're inside the store. Handing them. <laughs> they were just handing them napkins back. Cause nobody, none of these people had a mask. It was 
all the people were standing there utterly maskless. And Ben and Jerry's had a policy because all their workers were masked that you'd have to wear a mask to come in. But because there was so much business of people clamoring in and complaining about the policy, it was like, just cover your face with a mask while you're in, cover your face with a napkin while you're in here. So um, that is exactly how I envision the state of Florida being everywhere. Everywhere is like that. That's my assumption. Mm-hmm. Um, this week we went to see a house um, that is pre-market. So it's, it's going to go on the market sometime soon, but it's, it's right beside one of my, one of my girlfriend's uh, best friends growing up. Um, she's known her since she was uh, three weeks old. Go in the house. The guys, the guys mask is slipping, right? He's, he's, he's not, he's clearly not a mask guy. Um, and we, we get to talk and he talks about how, you know, he, he loves to go to Florida and, you know, Florida, you know, they're just, you know, they don't wear masks there. We, we actually got COVID when we went down there in August. Um, yeah. but, but, um, you know, it, it makes you really think, you know, are they, are they crazy or are we, um, but this guy was just like a bunch, um, and yes, open for business is how I describe Florida. Um, you guys are literally the cesspool of America. Um, no offense to you, but like, they, held a, they held the Super Bowl. They like they did five thousand people. The Super Bowl itself was at least reasonably maybe responsible, probably not, but at least in the ballpark. Um, I, I I I didn't watch the Super Bowl, but Terry, I imagine that they had um, not a lot of shots of like all of the 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 infrastructure around the Super Bowl, right? They didn't show the little the little streets packed with people all around the Super Bowl. Or, or there was they? just more people there than I think a lot of people realize. There was like so, twenty five thousand people. Didn't there. they have like frontline workers that had already gotten vaccinated? Like like a thousand of them. It was okay. great. Like I, it was great. They did like a, just enough of them that they yeah. could say that. So everybody mm-hmm. thought that was like, but it was mostly people who bought tickets. Okay. So <laughs> I fell into their ad campaign. Yeah. Yeah. So BJ, uh, understand that in the sports world, we, when we talk about charitable giving, it's all yeah. a facade. Um, if you look at the decision with LeBron, sure. um, you look at the actual stuff, it, the reports that came out of, of how much money that was, that was donated to the boys and girls club, which was ostensibly yeah. the reason why he did it. Um, it wasn't a hundred percent. There was, there was some, some, some hands in there. Um, okay. So, so before you just, Roll on with this. Um, I think both Spencer and I are pretty in the dark. Uh, what's the uh, the background here? Oh, on LeBron. And uh, yeah. So this is this is shocking. I just sort of assume, sort of like me and Terry assuming that everyone understood that the flight was shot down by the by the Air Force in Pennsylvania. Um, <laughs> I, I sort of assumed everyone uh, <laughs> knew what the decision was. Um, so in uh, 2011, I believe it was. Uh, LeBron James uh, was was a free agent and announced he set up a, a TV special to announce his decision on his next franchise. And, and mm-hmm. he, um, he this is where the phrase uh, I'm taking my talents to came from. I'm taking my talents to South Beach. Uh, South that's gotcha. that's that that's where it came from. Um, and th- there's a bunch of hullabaloo. It caused him to be sort of a, a pariah or, 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 or wear the black hat, as it were, for a little bit, which allowed um, my Dallas Mavericks, as well as. Um, new fans like Terry's Dallas Mavericks um, to my, my Dallas Mavericks to 2011 champions to uh, to to really become like the 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 team of America uh, in the in the 2011 NBA Finals um, because they they dethroned that that bad guy LeBron who 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 blighted Cleveland and, and 
went, went to South Beach. But anyway, um, a lot of the the marketing around that was that he was doing this for the Boys and Girls Club of America. Um, he's he's doing the special okay. to 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 raise raise money for the Boys and Girls Club of America, and that's where the proceeds are going to. Um, I just remember finding a couple of news stories in like advertiser trade publications. Mm-hmm. I think Ad Week uh, was was one of the magazines, and they and they talked about the um, the money that was donated. Um, and then if you join that together with the stuff about the money that, you know, how much money was brought in, it's yeah. like these, these numbers are not just Trump like a little bit different, numbers? not that bad. No, 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 no. LeBron okay. is not even on that level. Like, <laughs> no. That's, that's offensive. Uh, <laughs> Trump takes graph to a, to a different level. Um, but you know, people get, get cuts, but that is no. my assumption of all sports. Okay. 99% of the sports sort of charity or nice things they're doing is all, yeah. all is all marketing nonsense. Gotcha. Like I, I knew about the move and that it was like, well, uh, thoroughly lambasted and like I, everybody was unhappy about it except for maybe South beach. But, uh, it was just to me, like, I didn't know the, the boys and girls part or his own little TV special or, or yeah, it was like an hour long TV special where he, he announced it and he got great ratings, obviously. Cause I mean, he was the best basketball player in the world, uh, but yeah, I, I think the I think the average person now would 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 say, oh yeah, well he did that for the Boys and Girls Club. So, well, maybe a little bit. Yeah, sure. I mean, he look he he gave them some money, right? So like better than he, not. He's yeah. not the asshole here. Um, it's yeah. like all of us who, who who don't give to the charities that we can. Um, I mean, but, we just don't give to human charities. So like, it, it's mm. well, speak for yourself. Terry doesn't. I do. Um, <laughs> you're a you're a you're you've adopted a chimpanzee, Levi. You're a Big time, big money donor for the Center for Great Apes down in lovely Florida. Uh, I was going to make sending money to the cesspool of America, Levi, and not to, to not people. It's amazing okay. what I got him to do. It's I love it. To adopt a chimpanzee to a primate rescue center in Florida, all because his favorite politician in the world, Joe Biden, is now president. It was just a, <laughs> just a world class effort on my part. I, I, I do. I, I have a lot more appreciation for this now that now that I know that the centers in Florida at just everything else. Um, I, so I do quickly want to go back to uh, the night that we had for for the ice cream cake, Terry. Because oh, yeah. um, so so you started the night with. Uh, your dinner basically with ice cream cake. Then, then you moved on with me to eating hot sauce, and then moved on to like your your regular dinner. Well, I did. So, I mean, I had one bite of ice cream cake with you. Is that what you're talking sure. about? Sure. And then I had an apple and um, a handful of. You bought me cereal. You brought me a, bo- a <laughs> box did. of cereal because there was a grill on the front of it. Um, which happened to be good cereal. It's like a Kicks knockoff, I think, from Trader Joe's, maybe. Um, so I had a handful of that. Um, and then we played a, uh, if anybody's ever watched the Hot Ones show on YouTube where uh, Sean Evans interviews people and as they're going the hot wings or just hot stuff, there's a game that they marketed now called Truth or Dab where there's like a, a set of cards that you pull up a card and you say like, all right, well, you answer this question or you take a dab and they actually give you the last dab hot sauce in it. So we played around to that game where we were, um, we were trying the last dab hot sauce. I'll say this about the last dab hot sauce. Hotter than I thought it would be. Not like untenable, but hotter mm-hmm. than I thought it would be. But a really good hot sauce. Like I, I it was tasty. Yeah, I sure. often expect when they say that things are tasty on TV like that, and they're promoting their own brand, it's like, all right, sure. What are, what are they going to say? Yeah, yeah, you know, it, surprisingly it, it, good. 
Yeah, what yeah, yeah, that's good. What effect would it have on me if I tried it? I mean, it, it would be pretty hot. I mean, it, you, I don't think it would be like immediate hiccups yeah. unless you I took mean, a big amount of it, but yeah. I mean, you would notice it was really pretty hot for sure. Gotcha. I, I think you, you would, uh, I mean, you're comfortable with a lot of truth, but you might be very, very quickly com- more comfortable with a lot more truth after, after a, a taste or two. I do think that's how that game goes. That's a good point, BJ. I do think that's how that game goes is most people are going to be like, all right, I'll just take the dab and then they take it. And it's like, Whoa, all right. Maybe, maybe I can start answering some questions here. Question. Uh, where were Bree and Sarah during, during all of this? I'm assuming they, they were just... They, they, they participated, played. yeah. Yeah, they played. Um, everybody did take at least one dab, if not two. Um, the, the game is clearly marketed to a slightly younger crowd. And single people, because it's a lot of like sex tricks yeah. and stuff. But there's also a part, an element of the game where there's like um, pop quiz... So it's like one of the cards can be a truth, right? And so it's like you say the say the truth or take the dab. Another one is um, a pop quiz where you, there's three questions you have to get all three right, otherwise you take the dab. That's that's the part of the game I like the most. I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of fun. So, yeah, not yeah. the have you ever had a threesome question? Um, yeah, some of those yeah, like, pretty much. were kind of lame. Some of them were okay though. Some of them like yeah. I don't need that I have an example on the on the front. Yeah. Well, the thing that came out of it uh, that that I thought was very funny is Terry has decided that I de- desperately need therapy um, because one of the truths was, yeah. when's the last time you cried? And I was trying to remember when it was, and it was probably close to 20 years ago. Um, he, needs a, he needs he needs some professional help. I mean, to get that stuff out. I'm going to be honest here. Like, you think any of us on this call are... are I quit working on you. Saying? I quit working on you years ago, Levi. You're, you're a separate breed um spencer you've cried in the past 10 years haven't you define cried just like not misty eyed not not misty eyed not from pain i'm not talking about full-on blubbering but i am talking about actual tears leaving your eyes oh well yeah yeah that's not uncommon for me yeah that's what i'm saying i'm not i'm not talking about sitting down and like actual full-on blubbering that i mean you yeah, actual full-on blubbering that's been uh, yeah, yeah no but i'm, I, talking, I that, like, but I'm yeah. talking about like a like more than just like a tear escaping your eye like so am i i'm talking about yeah, you yeah. Know, you've got tears okay. going but you know you, you didn't like do the like you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah you don't yeah. not necessarily there but the tears are coming and i mean i think the, the important part here is not necessarily the number of tears it's the letting yourself feel the emotion for a sure. while and letting it kind of roll mm-hmm. no for me that for me, that's, that's that can be quite a bit of fun in terms of experiencing, you know, a, mo- a movie or media or anything else to you know, have an emotional reactive reaction. Oh, we're laughing, but I'm the same way. I get, yeah, I, get, I, I cry I get in it. movies okay. for sure. I said, I said movie. Yes. Um, yeah, you did say way, movie. I'm so happy and proud. So Spencer, um, if you uh, show me yours, I'll show you mine. Um, so the movie that makes me cry, um, and and so Terry, you make fun of me, but um, <laughs> Moneyball. Um, when uh, Brad Pitt's daughter um, is singing, um, uh, she you're has such a loser, little... Dad. You're yeah. such a loser, yeah. Dad. Yeah. Just that... enjoy the show. Yeah, that one makes me cry. Like literally, yeah, it was it, it was within a year. It, it was uh, almost a year ago, right? Right now, um, I, I I had to hop a quick flight to Phoenix for a work thing, um, and I'm just like mindlessly watching the movies that are on. I see Moneyball on there, um, and I'm like, oh, I really like the movie but there's that scene. Um, and so like I get to that scene, a first couple of bars come and I want to hear a little bit, but I'm like, 
I need to, I need to just get a taste, right? This is like a, it's like a hot wing, right? I want just a little bit of a taste. Um, so I, I list the first couple of bars and then immediately yank the, the, the earbuds out of my ears and put it down and like look away because I, I start to like tear up a little bit. I'm like, you know, we're about an hour away from landing. Um, and I've got to, <laughs> I've got to go, um, that's funny. Pitch a customer to, 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 Money, to buy some software. Um, and I'm, I'm sitting here in a, <laughs> in a blazer, <laughs> um, tearing up watching <laughs> Rapid's daughter, uh, cry to, but that, that movie like reliably does that. Um, that's, that's like a thing with that movie. So um, you're a Spencer. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different films from managers thinking about ones that come to mind recently of one, here's one of where this is more sad tears of where, do you guys ever see the movie Glory? Mm-hmm. Matthew Broderick, Denzel Washington, oh, Levi has. So. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good film. I'd recommend watching it. Um, and I won't, I won't spoil it if you guys want to, but there's some scenes building up to the end. They're very emotional and very powerful. And growing up, I would always get teary-eyed in those moments. More persistent for me are more happy tears. I often get, get happy tears during films. And Pixar in particular has a nasty tendency of doing that to me. And one yeah. recently was, um, mm-hmm. did you guys see Coco? Yeah. Uh, there's a moment at the end of when it's grandson talking to his grandmother that it, I got, it's, it's both a very happy, sad kind of moment. And I was getting teary-eyed there. But I was also getting emotional just because I knew my mom hadn't watched it yet. And I knew what effect it would have on her in particular, given her relationship with her mom. And so that added to it as well. I had but, that moment one time with my, my dad and I were watching Legend of Bagger Vance. And there was a moment sure. with a guy with his dad and his dad had died or something. And my dad started crying in the theater. It's the only time I ever saw him cry in public. But same sort of deal where you're, you're like, oh, I know this part is going to affect them that way. Right. So uh, it wasn't like full on tears, but I was really close. There was a short story uh that that i read uh actually i might have listened to it i can't um yeah i listened to it that uh i warned spencer i like i remember this i warned spencer and and terry i warned your wife like not to listen to it or in uh at work Mm -hmm. um oh yeah i remember that one but that's that's probably like the media that that got me closest like closest to tears and and I think if I was at home, I, I would have cried. But like yeah. I was like at work, like doing stuff at work, and I was just like, "There is absolutely no way." Uh, and don't bury the lead. It's paper menagerie, right? Yeah, it's paper menagerie. Yeah, like if, yeah. if you guys want to listen to a short story or read a short story that will bring you to tears, that that is top and, top of my and, list. And that's a that's a fun one too because you can see it coming. It's like one of those things of where when you reach the page where it's going to happen, you can see it come on like a wrecking ball at you and there's nothing you can do to stop it. Before <laughs> you just suddenly like, oh shit, that's the twist. Oh God, I'm going to cry now. And yep. it just keeps going in that direction. I watched a tough one last night. Um, a movie called, it's available on Hulu, but it's also in theaters. Um, it called No Man Land, Nomad Land. I heard that was good. It is good, but it's about it's a fictionalized account of a real thing that happened where a manufacturing shut plant shut down in the in the 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 west. So not not like California, but like mm-hmm. the Colorado Nevada area, mm-hmm. that in that sort of general area. I can't remember the state exactly, but a, a, a manufacturing plant shut down, an entire zip code went away because the town oh, wow. broke up. Um, everyone had to leave. All of the essential services left. The municipality shut down. And the people just had to leave. Um, and the, the it follows this one woman um, and who had to leave this town and like just basically live in her van and learn to be a nomad in modern America. 
Um, and like I was watching it, like I knew that like people really, this is a, it's a fictionalized account, but people really went through this. Um, definitely getting teary out there. That was a tough one. Have you guys ever had, um, I've had several times of where there's been films or books, particularly books of where I wanted to recommend to a friend because it was a good book that I very much enjoyed and I wanted to be able to talk about it some with, but I knew that it would affect them in particular and it made me hesitate to recommend. Oh, we're going to read Bridge to Terabithia, by the way, Spencer. Fuck um. off. Um, but there's one recently of where it's a weird night, weird title, but you guys ever read The uh, Knife of Never Letting Go? They're adapting it to a movie here sometime soon. No. It, it's fine enough. It's a young adult It's a young adult series like so much it's being adapted lately and I enjoyed it. And I knew uh, Bridget would particularly enjoy it. But, uh, spoilers, whatever, I don't think you guys ever read whatever else. There's a main dog character that dies before the Uh-oh. end. And yeah. I knew for a fact that it would affect her because it's probably one of the most well-developed dogs in, in fiction that I've ever read before. And it's a hell of an affecting moment. And I knew that particularly for her, she would be really pissed if I didn't warn her in advance. So I had to find a very careful creative way of not you know spoiling when it's a key moment in the book while at the same time avoiding her kicking my ass when she reached that moment aside unseen uh dog stars uh you should read it uh it's a it's a very it's a fun for the most like 99 percent of it is really great post-apocalyptic fiction Mm -hmm. uh sort of sci-fi um has a very well-developed relationship with a dog uh Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it it's a lot of fun, uh, but but also very sad. Um, and that, that that is an interesting thing, like of media that you know will affect people. Uh, there's a, a movie that I really like. I really like the soundtrack, but there are certain people that are going to have a really tough time with it. Um, and it, it's sort of a like I don't know why I like I didn't hear about it when it came out. It probably still like was never going to be something I would have seen in theaters. Uh, the Fountain. Um, I don't think I've seen it. It's it's a weird one. It, it's weird, but I think it's like a it's an interesting movie. It's very pretty, really great soundtrack. But like, if anybody has dealt with uh, cancer, it's it's a really tough movie with that. Um, yep. And so, um, I, I've got one there. Um, do you guys ever see uh, Robin Williams and Robert De Niro Awakenings? No, really good one. But it's mainly focused on people that are suffering from essentially increasing dementia, decay, and like almost to the degree of like a par- extreme Parkinson's, even to the point of locked-in syndrome. And I wanted my mom to watch it because it would be particularly affecting with her. But I did not want her to watch it alone or without me because I knew how much it would affect her given what she went through with her dad. And she loved it. It's what became one of her favorite films and affected her incredibly. But I would would never have recommended it to her unless I was there to watch it with her because I knew how much it would affect her. Yeah, so. there's there's a, you could, there's categories of this. There's one for uh, like if you ever know like somebody who's like um like who's who's ever been like a parent of someone who's like a drug addict. The movie mm. Beautiful Boy is a tough one. It's a, it's with Steve oh. Morrow. <laughs> That's a rough sell. Yeah, I read the book recently and I, I watched the movie too. It's like that. It's like wow, if somebody really was like dealing with that, that's that. It's an it's a really super intense movie. Um, there's other categories of that, right? Like pet loss, cancer, mm-hmm. yeah, drug addict, it, losing your parents. I mean, I feel like there's these categories of movies where if if you've, you've losing dealt your with kid, it, like yeah. there you go, losing yep, your kid. That's a good super, one. Yeah. yeah, like all of those. But I would say that like there there are even movies that like are more 
like not just sad but like you have to be with certain people or whatever to really enjoy certain humor uh movies or uh things like that yeah uh that are really dependent on like where you are and who you're with like how you uh feel about them and enjoy them like star wars movies like you want to watch it with other star wars fans because they're not like going to completely bum you out by hating on it the entire oh maybe oh oh uh for me the the quintessential example that is comedies of where i can i will enjoy comedies by myself just fine but if you're there with other people that like it if you're Mm -hmm. laughing with other people in a crowd or a group yeah such an increased and improved experience compared to it and on the other side, it is such a you know deflating balloon experience to have like two people there that just don't like it. And what what when you do? Yeah, um, like another a, a movie that I I like showing it to other people more than I think I liked watching it. And I think if I watched it in a group, like I would have really enjoyed it. Uh, but Usual Suspects, mm. like that, it's not, such not a not a com- not a comedy, but yes, no, yeah, no, the, like is that I, the Kaiser Soze thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good it's one. Great, yeah, great film. Like that are good with other people where you're trying to like piece together what's yeah. going on. Yeah, the mystery and reach a conclusion before the film does. Yeah. I've got a question for Levi. Levi, you've, you've talked about your love of action movies. Are action movies one of the things that live outside this sort of paradigm we're discussing where it, it very much is a, the type of movie that you can watch by yourself and enjoy just as much as watching it with other people? Um, it's high up there. Right. It's like the way that I enjoy it. Absolutely. I mean, this is this point right there. There is a a class of action movies, you know, the 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 real transcendent blockbusters, the Fast and the Furious, the the Marvel movies, um, potentially Star Wars. I'm not a Star Wars guy, though. Um, You can see in theaters and there's value out of being around people. There's just a communal experience of this is amazing. This is crazy stuff. It's stupid, but mindless, but, but fun, fun. Um, but I agree that like your average action movie has like a, has like a, a very minimal Delta between being around people and not being around people. Whereas comedies definitely improved. Yeah. Um, some sort of like sad movies um, are, are improved in the sense that you can talk about it with someone else. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. Even if the actual experience of being you know, beside someone while watching it is not, is not really improved. Um, but no, I think, I think you're right. I, 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 I just think I, about I, movies I, think, I want to see on a plane and like, because that's quintessential, like yeah. not experiencing it with anyone else. And like an action movie is my go-to there. So <laughs> I think there is a genre of action movie and I, like, I don't know how specific it is, but in my mind, it's fairly specific, but like certain like old school Kung Fu movies, I feel like <laughs> are like a, if you are in a group of people that like them, it's so much better than watching it on your own or like pretty much any other way of experiencing it. Um, well, I don't know if those people also like Wu-Tang, but like they're a specific <laughs> group of people. I guess I, 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 I hear what you're saying. You're absolutely right. The concern I have is that I think you're now you're starting to approach sort of farcical action movies that you're almost yeah both mocking but enjoying at the same time right i mean like there's a class of action movies that are just so excessively over the top yeah it's it's meant to be like this sort of like dumb fun right stupid fun the expendables the expendables i think is like the perfect example of like it's over the top but i think that like there's a section of like kung fu type movies where like where it crossed the line into blockbuster was uh crouching tiger uh but like those ones that are that are serious essentially like they're they're kung fu movies but like aren't the quite farcical like jackie chan later like later jackie chan movies 
When's the last time you watched Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon? Uh, probably been 15 years. I was probably going to say yeah. like five-ish. I think Bree hadn't seen it. I think I've only watched it twice when it came out and then once there afterwards. It's, it's okay. I'm curious whether it holds up because I, I, I have not watched it since the release. I, I, I remember there was a big to-do about it. I remember yeah. watching it and, and, and you know, like 17-year-old or 18-year-old Levi being like, I guess that was good. Is, it, uh, is that what smart people think is good? I guess that's what they, they, well, they believe. It was visually striking, but I, I don't. Yeah. I never liked the plot. I never found. I never found the plot that interesting plot. or that good. <laughs> there, well, there you go. Uh, so, if if you were to choose another one, sort of in that genre, um, that I like better, um, but I, like I, I can see a lot of people being out on. Uh, it's Hero with Jet Li. Hmm. Um, it's kind of a redoing of uh rashomon in some ways but like it's basically the same story told more than once from different perspectives but like very i think visually striking kung fu movie this is the one where he's essentially overcome overcoming all of the uh, top athletes from other countries or t- uh, as part of a competition that's, is that a no 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 that's the one that that is a that, terrible action movie i, just, I was it, trying to say uh no no this is um <laughs> It's, it's kind of hard to describe the plot, but basically it's a, you know, a very, uh, a hero that has brought the uh, weapons of some of the enemies of the, the crown uh, that, that he says he's killed those people and he gets rewarded. And it's basically the story behind that and how he gets to that point. One, one, and we're going in all kinds of different directions. One last thing to discuss on this point. Is there a genre that you'd say is better alone or best experienced alone? Because for me, I, I personally think horror is better experienced alone and then talked about with others separately afterwards. So if I'm with, I'm never scared or even at jump if I'm with other people. It just doesn't have that effect on me because I'm distanced from it because I got a group there with me. If I'm alone and just ingrained by myself, the film seems to have a much more effective effect on me. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good choice. I think post-apocalyptic movies for the same reason. Mm. Um, I, and that's a genre I love. I just love like the sure. world, world being broken down. There's a, there's a person against society or against mm-hmm. you know, zombies or wasteland or whatever. Um, the loneliness matters for that genre. Yes, yes. Um, but for the exact same reason, right? Is you don't want someone yeah. else because it, it, it brings you out of that, that sort of isolation, um, which, is, which is sort of intrinsic to the, good point, the pleasure of it. Good um, I'm going to say documentaries um, only because like when I'm watching a documentary, it's usually be, usually because I'm, I'm I really want to learn about the subject matter and um, it's just better for me to be alone. I can concentrate on it. There's no crosstalk. It's like, I can just lock in. Yeah. Um, so I, I must say like, I, I do really enjoy that. Uh, but also like talking to people that have seen it are also knowledgeable about it like afterwards Sure. So yeah, you want like, to talk about documentaries after the fact for sure. But what during the during while you're watching, yeah. Yeah. Um, going through the last dance and talking about it, like I don't think I would have enjoyed watching that with anybody, like with somebody, but also having people to talk to about it that had more not like more knowledge and were really into it, like made having watched it an enjoyable experience. But I think that like with that and having other people, like you want to talk about it, you might want to talk about it in the moment. And I feel like that kind of spoils like the train of the documentary and like getting what you want out of it. The best example of this is Tiger King, right? How <laughs> most people watch that alone yeah. in the pandemic, maybe with your significant other. It's not like something you want to go to a theater and watch, but it is something that 
everyone wanted to talk about afterwards. Um, yeah, well, I've not finished it. So I got two episodes in and I had to stop. You bringing up documentaries, and I this is a memory that's buried in my head, and I, I literally never remember this because I I refer to another event in this class to sort of speak to my my my, my tendency. I have such a distinct memory of walking out of Fahrenheit 9-11 in theaters. Um, I went Not, up to... Uh, when you say walking out, do you mean walking out while it was still playing or finishing it? Yeah, out? Uh, while it was still playing. Um, gotcha. uh, uh, watching it in theaters, um, me, you know, little little 17-year-old Levi uh, thinking this is this is such a hit job. Like, I, I dislike Bush. <laughs> I dislike the, um, like the, the adventure in Iraq, but this is all BS. Um, and people just going ecstatic and me being like, I can't. And I just left. Um, and I just don't remember that because I, because Terry, like to describe this, this, this pension I have, I always refer back to us leaving during Spider-Man, Spider-Man. Um, and, and uh, us together just saying, yeah, we actually don't need to see this movie. Um, we're good doing <laughs> other things. Um, I, I hate Michael Moore movies for that exact reason. I've never finished a Michael Moore movie just because my response throughout all of it is, you don't need to fucking exaggerate. You don't need to, you know, mis- misrepresent on this point. The story is yeah. there. Just tell it. But he always feels the need to just do something that's obviously just dispro- obviously provably false in the middle of a film. So he did the- before the 2016 election. He did a documentary on Hillary Clinton that was actually pretty good. Mm. But it, his whole but this is this is wh- here's why it was good and why you guys are right about Michael Moore is his intent behind making it because Levi I think your point on Fahrenheit 911 is a good I think calling it a hit job I think that's perfect I think that's what it was it was he was he didn't like Bush and this was just a way to like go after the Bushes right him. yeah um, but in that election he was trying to make a movie that he could present to hit the audience that he knew in Michigan to try to like bust a hole in this facade that Hillary Clinton was some sort of like on high figure that was not approachable, was not a human being, was some sort of like lizard person. And so his whole point making it was trying to humanize her. And so it ended up being a pretty good documentary. So I think it, like it gets to the point of my, most Michael Moore movies is most of the time is to take somebody down, not build somebody up. Yeah, there was a, we watched uh, Bowling for Columbine in mm-hmm. uh, movie criticism at UNC. Great, great course, class. Right? Yeah. Um, hilarious amount of time commitment because you watch two full-length movies a week uh, and had like a recitation but it's also you watched a movie so like it's whatever you know uh, time commitment but like not a serious class commitment in some ways Um, but like the amount that we went into depth about like what was done in the movie to like poorly portray uh, like everybody that he dealt with um, and how like he used cuts and uh, lighting and, you know, depth of frame and things like that to, to his advantage is just insane. Like, you know, it's so, it, it's such a dishonest portrayal of the footage that he got. Yep. He does that all the time. I will say this, this is kind of a weird point, but and maybe this speaks to like the state of liberal arts education in America, but the most useful co- college class that I took in undergrad to me was movie. Well, like m- the movie uh, review class that I took, I have used what I learned in that class more in my adult life than anything else I can remember. And from undergrad um, in talking to people and relating to people and enjoying movies myself, 
um, in how I critique other works of art. Like I took more from that class than I did anything else uh, that I can, that can remember right now from undergrad. Yeah. I, I had a lot of great courses in college that I very much enjoyed a lot of great professors, the most effective courses. And just in terms of actually learning something from the ones that involved a lot of discussion with other people in terms of discussing a common topic, be it a film, be it a book, whatever else. I learned more from those or at least got more out of those than I did from any lecture. Yeah. Well, I hear you. Um, I guess the, the point that Terry's making that, that you're agreeing with, I guess, a little bit is it, it, media criticism, whether it's it's music or whether it's it's movies. This is a thing that like you don't have priors, right? You don't really have a prior necessarily firm opinion of the the, the artistic capability of of, you know, Beethoven um, or Michael Moore, um, whereas like discussing the modern Islamic world or um ecological issues right people come in there with prior opinions so it's so mm -hmm. it's, it's a very 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 um unusual person to 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 buttress against that and say i'm going to have an open mind here whereas like if you're being if you if you're having a primer on on kurosawa right like you're going to say oh this is really interesting like i didn't have a pro or or con against this guy this is really 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 interesting stuff yeah it was for me it was on you're, you're making a good point there, but for me it was unlocking how to even watch films hmm. like I felt like after I got done with that class, I was like, I wasn't really watching movies before. Like, I, I mean, I wish I was, but like, there was a lot of shit I was leaving on the table. Like that was, yeah. that was big for me. I, I think in terms of just media consumption, being able to understand a lot more about it uh, is just very different from other things that are in many ways, purely academic. Um, I think that there, I mean, I, I'd say Spencer and I are a little bit more on this end like people that read a lot um like there's no point in those things where you learn about like sort of how to like what aspects of a book and how to consume it like to appreciate and so very similar to like watching a movie you just sort of sit there and either enjoy it or not but like understanding the artistic qualities of it just aren't there whereas like other classes like math like you know i for the most part, you don't get into artistic qualities of anything. It's just, you know, there are ground truths and, and a lot of science classes and even a lot of like English classes are like, this is how your grammar needs to be to write a functional sentence. Um, and that's sort of it. Um, and I think that, that yeah, to, to really to your point, like being able to uh, understand a little bit more about the non-concrete things that go into necessary things that we consume and or produce would be super helpful but like it, it's hard to show a a target for that knowledge like a you know this will help you get this be better at this job or you know land you know advance your career or whatever else it might make you a much more rounded person um and i i think one of the really the things that i really appreciate about uh uh doing the pod with your wife Megan reads is like we're not just enjoying like books that we like we're also learning a lot more about like what goes into uh, the perspective that's there. And so that, that's something that I would have appreciated in college in an English class that I had to take anyway, rather than this is how you write a five paragraph essay uh, in, and, you know, defend some position. And I've never. That was the difference to me between high school English and college English, right? High school English was very much read a thing, write about it, make a point, you know, yeah. but like mm -hmm. 
some of the college level, and I don't know what classes you took, but some of the college level English classes I took were more what you're describing, which was like, here's a work of art. We're going to break it down. We're going to discuss it. We're going to talk about the societal implications, yeah. of it, et cetera, et cetera. But it's not, it's not a vehicle to write your standard two and a half page argue, argument. Right. Sure. Um, I think I, I have probably would have had to go a little bit farther and have slightly different professors than I had, but uh I think the farther part is, is absolutely right. I, yeah. I, I don't, don't malign you, BJ. I don't see you sort of exploring that area. Right. Um, and that's fair enough. It, like, yeah. It's like it's hard to balance so, that in like six chemistry courses. Yeah. yeah that's fair. Yeah. 100%. And, and like the, you know, it, it is more approachable, like the, the course in college that I probably didn't take the most out of, but it's like most like distinctively um, you can, you can place its impact. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, is is um, history of classical music, um, where it sort of went through um, the development of classical music um, through the lens of like six different works um, that we covered. But like that's that, that, yeah. you can place that right. You can say I would not have done an in depth uh, look into Igor Stravinsky um, except for that potentially, um, as opposed to everything else, which you know history. You could have come across history without without taking a class in the Civil War, right? Um, so. <laughs> It's those things that are, that are, you can place them and you can appreciate them. And they're so unlike in some ways, other things that you probably did. Um, you didn't carefully consider the, the, you know, the, the criticism of, of movies or placing music into this context and how revolutionary it is and that sort of thing. Um, and I, and again, it's not offensive. It's not something that you can disagree with. Right. Um, I'll give a poll to that, right? Like you have like the movie theory class and then you have like the classical class that you're talking about, Levi, these things where like you, like you said, you can like say, Hey, look, here's a thing I learned. It's a point in time. It's just something that I've learned how to consume. It's, it's like tangible. Here's a, here's a poll to that, a class that I took. Um, I don't even know if you guys knew it existed. It's called political psychology. And it was about going in depth into the psychology of our political leaders. So I wrote like this 10 page paper on like, the fact that Richard Nixon was nuts. Now I'm all for a liberal education, but in retrospect, I'm not quite sure what that's doing for the students. <laughs> Cause you just basically got in the class and you would just pick like some, like people pick like Napoleon or Hitler. I pick Nixon and mm-hmm. you just write about how fucking crazy they were. That was it. Um, I mean, it's just an instantiation of what you already believe, right? You didn't go in there. How, how many people um, did, did a critical analysis of a person that they, they liked? Right. No one. There was. There was no. No JFK. Right. Like that's the best example. Like nobody. Oh, he would have been fascinating. Yeah, he he would have. But like, no. Of course, nobody picked him. Like everyone picked like the sort of like prototypical like bad politician. But that's why I liked. Um, like I think Spencer, you probably consume him. I don't know about the other guys, but Dan Carlin. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hardcore history. Yep, his sort of, of fra- his sort of frame about how much alcohol people drink, you know, um, and, and, and the, the concept of PTSD compared to, you know, um, you know, Roman, Roman battles in Gaul, like surely, yeah. surely there was some PTSD going on there. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, like that. Is, that's the interesting thing. That's the stuff where it would be, be helpful to say, okay, so who are your top five you know, favorite politicians? Okay. So you got Winston Churchill. Okay. You need to start to an- an- analyze how substance abuse and his dependency yeah. to alcohol, um, <laughs> can can rose up um but just like again, 
Everyone there was just JFK. Well, JFK, yes. Um, but yeah, people are just sort of reiterating their beliefs and not really critically taking a critical eye, which which would be the valuable thing, which is to say, you know, mm-hmm. why was Bill Clinton like what kind of psychological profile does Bill Clinton have that maybe explains why he's a good politician, but also came from this this trauma that he had. But um, the thing that's part the thing there that 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 I think would help somebody in their life isn't necessarily the learning of Bill Clinton. It's the stretching yourself to say, okay, here's a thing sure. that I already liked let me look at it in a critical uh, lens and like getting that working that muscle so you can do it with other things yeah um, but I, I just now look back and think like political psych i don't know like that might be one of the first that might be top of my list of shit that i took where i'm like i, I don't know about this one i don't know about paying for that one like that i don't know what that did for me well y'all have we covered enough territory for today uh yeah i think so yeah this is a good one Thank enjoyed you. the conversation yeah. There's absolutely not a logical relationship between um, critical analysis of politicians and ice cream cake, but you know, as we always. got this. we found a way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, this was fun. Yep, enjoyed it.